What is up, guys? Welcome to episode eight of Crave the Book. Today, we're going to be covering chapters 26 through 31 of Tracy Wolf's Crave. And this is a really exciting episode because we get to go down in the tunnels of Catmere Academy and we get a lot of really major foreshadowing in these few chapters. So let's go ahead and get started. All right, guys, welcome to episode eight of Crave the Book. Today, we're going to be covering chapters 26 through 31 of Crave by Tracy Wolf. So um, as we kind of get into it, there's a very special sound that you are going to want to listen for. And Amber, do you want to tell them what that sound means? If you're listening and you hear the wolf howl, just make sure that if you've not read past Crave, Crush, or Covet, that there are spoilers on their way after the after the howl. Um, just make sure that we don't we don't want to give you any spoilers. So turn off, come back whenever you are ready for it, and listen later because we're probably going to go deep into some fan theories and silly silly things usually it it, it devolves <laughs> it goes wild it, because then you get you get more of starla and amber just talking about our crazy theories for the future which you know if if they come true then those are ultimate spoilers which you know speaking of spoilers um next week's episode is going to be like our halloween episode i don't think that we have anything special planned for our halloween episode other than our usual you know our usual chapters that we'll be covering um so if you guys have any ideas for anything you want to do for halloween maybe we can do a spooky poll or or something voice filters yeah voice filters i'll add in some spooky music but let us know if you have any ideas for for a halloween episode um we'd like to make the holidays fun for you guys so feel free to message us at crave series aesthetic on instagram and let us know but um let's go ahead and dive right in because we ended up covering five chapters 26 through 31 uh, just because there wasn't a whole lot that, that went on at first and we had talked about only doing two chapters, but we felt like once Grace gets down in the tunnels, there's a lot to be kind of explored and, and broken down. So we decided to go as far as, uh, getting through the tunnels. But first things first, school uniforms. Grace Gets out of bed. She's been thinking about Jackson all night, but she doesn't know what to wear. Yeah, she has the choice. We like we have choices when we when we were growing up, um, and it was usually like you could wear trousers, but you had to wear it with a blazer or a jumper, a shirt and a tie, or you could wear a summer dress. Um, and there was like winter and summer uniform as well, but I'm guessing that Katmere's summer and <laughs> summer and winter uniform would be very marginally different. Um, so yeah, it, it was it was taking me back to my school days when she was like putting on the clothes, and then they were like, "Oh no, no, you've got you've also got to wear your tie as well." Yeah, that was definitely. I I did not have a uniform. Um, which it appears that most schools in the U.S. don't have a uniform. I know that like Catholic schools do, and I had to wear a uniform when I went to our trade school. But that's because I worked in a daycare, and uh, 
you don't want to wear your nice clothes when you're changing poopy diapers. So I wore Hello Kitty scrubs, but... (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, Uh, it it removed that issue of choice. You know, like, what do I wear today? It, It just removed that uncomfortable, what if I'm not going to fit in what if my clothes look like it it put everybody on an even playing field i mean you would obviously know that the kids that would maybe have holes in their sweaters and like their trousers would be a bit too short at their ankle like those would normally be the children that you would be able to tell immediately if they were slightly poorer than you the weasleys um yeah um but it put everybody on a level level playing field. And I mean, I think that once you start having that uniform and you kind of being pushed into all being the same, it does make it harder to have your individualism like whilst you're at school. Um, and that's why people started rebelling and trying to get away with a blue skirt instead of a black skirt and like silly little petty things like that. Um, hair color was very much to a dress code piercings um skirt length as well you had to abide by a certain skirt length and the uniforms were really really expensive um i I remember there was a specific store that sold my school uniform that we had to go to or we had to order it through the school catalog and it was really quite expensive but if you think about how many clothes you would go through in in a school year and how many washes you would have to do and working out what you wanted to wear i think they kind of evened out in the end but we had a school uniform for the like classes and then we also had a sports uniform for gym class as well that's crazy yeah we could just wear whatever the heck we wanted <laughs> it was we other than other when i than when i went to my uh my trade school we could we could wear anything so did you not have any rules whatsoever like you could wear literally whatever you wanted like you could turn up in pajamas if you wanted city schools yes i went to city schools uh you could wear anything you could have tattoos showing you could have crazy hair you could have piercings you could wear holy jeans you could wear trip pants with chains all over them mark went to county schools which were a little bit stricter no ripped up jeans no piercings that were like other than the ears um no crazy hair colors and things like that you had to wear an ascot. <laughs> <laughs> you uh the with with county schools it's just a little bit stricter, but it's still you can still wear what you want. But um That's wild to me. <laughs> yeah, wait until wait until you come visit. You'll see you'll see some of the, the children getting off the bus. It's, it's it fair. made um it made you really aware that if you were outside of school and people caught you doing things, they would immediately know which school you were coming from ah. because every school would have a different uniform. So you would be recognizable and you would have to like carry the reputation of the school outside as well. Um, yeah. Uh, and if you were wearing a uniform, you would know and you were outside of school, the police would know that right. you're supposed to be at school because you're of school age getting on the bus if you're wearing a school uniform you could immediately get like a child pass because it was an instant recognizable you're of school age right right all right well um grace gets her outfit all figured out which you know that's it's all foreign to to starla but 
I, I've, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it. I, I, I've seen enough, you know, TV and seen enough, like read enough books with little fantasy boarding schools to, to have an idea of what I'm looking at. And obviously everybody who's, uh, read Harry Potter is, is pretty familiar. Um, I noticed that you noted that Grace mentions her favorite, or actually it's, it's, uh, her uncle Finn mentions her favorite subject is history when we've never heard this before she's talked about or after huh or after no she that's is the first and only time that they ever say that her favorite subject is history because she says that art's her favorite subject it's and, and that she loves languages and she plays the drums and then her favorite subject is history so it's yeah that's a that's a very strange (laughs) one Strange curve. Did you, um, when you were at school, did you get given like the the timetable, the schedule for the year? Yes. Did you, did you get one of those? Yes. On I, we got them on paper, and then once we memorized them, obviously we didn't have to carry around you our little memorized piece of paper. them. Oh no, I would not be able to memorize them. They were in like a two week schedule. Like they f- they would flip. Oh and, no, we didn't flip. Um, and we would be given a school planner. And we would copy out the the paper, the printed out timetable onto the back of our planner. And then that was what we carried around. That was what we entered our like homework into, um, our like assignments, our courseworks, our deadlines and things yeah. like that. It was all in that school planner. We had a planner um, as well. We just, our, our classes were relatively consistent. We did have uh, electives, like for example, I took photography for half the year and I took weight training for half the year. So those were split, but every everything else we took for a full year. Sounds like Grace's school was um pretty much very like you get to choose all of the subjects. It wasn't like you have to do maths, you have to do English. It was <laughs> it all sounded like they were electives. Yeah, I got to cho- we got to choose. For example, I c- I had to take a math class, but I could have taken geometry. I could have taken algebra so oh, no we no, we had to do all math ev- all math all in one yeah we got to pick um oh yeah we just I had wouldn't to be able to choose that's like which which of your least favorite meals <laughs> would you like to eat tonight i'm like I, um no i just figure out which one's the easiest <laughs> and i took that one for math <laughs> for english i always pick the hardest but for math i always pick the the easiest um so we had mentions of pop tarts cherry pop tarts and brown sugar pop tarts which amber doesn't have all the crazy pop pop tarts in the in the uk so she's going to get to try those when she visits america uh next month but you know cherry pop tarts are okay i am not a fan of the brown sugar pop tarts i feel like pop tarts have to be fruit i don't like the brown sugar ones i don't like the chocolate <laughs> ones but we'll have amber they don't sound uh, appealing yeah they're all right i mean they're they're just they're desserts i can't imagine having them for breakfast um so we will and obviously finn felt the same way because he's like can you guys just do me a favor and eat a fruit and of course they're they're <laughs> like they're they are fruit <laughs> like he's trying so hard to to be the dad in the situation and how may- about he removes pop tarts from the menu if he's that concerned he's that's true master. that's true he could just he could completely just say oh sorry they're too difficult to import yeah like i'm sure that he has some say right over the over the 
the nutrition of the students. Um, Especially as he belongs to the same faction as the people that cook the food. Exactly. Exactly. As does his daughter. So, yeah. Um, and and for the second time during this little meeting, he had come in to check on Grace and make sure that she's good and give her her schedule. Um, but this is the second time that he's made a little mention of we need to talk which I'm assuming is the conversation. Like he wants to tell Grace that there's something screwy afoot with the school because she's been here for several days now. He's already said right when she arrived at Catmere that he needs to talk to her, but he, he notices that she's not feeling good. So he's going to give her a little bit of time. Like, once again, we're hitting another really great opportune time. Hey, you're about to go to your classes. You're probably going to wonder why all the classes are, uh, you know, history of, of witch, the Salem witch trials and things. Yeah, it's, I just don't understand. Just everything could be cleared up here with a little bit of communication. <laughs> it's, it's always, he's like, he's always planning it to be at a very, inopportune moment why why doesn't he just go look before you have classes there's a few things we need to say and say it then and there he's always trying to plan it for a different time and then you you know we we know that by watching as many movies and reading as many books as we can those conversations never happen they never happen because things happen and they get in the way yeah, you don't don't plan things for later. And there's a perfect example of this, which you noted in our in our podcast notes, where okay, the the bells are going off or the song is playing when Macy takes Grace to the cafeteria, which is at first, you know, first read through. I imagined it looking like uh, Great Hall at Hogwarts, and this time I've I've got the wing back chairs yeah it's it's i'm feeling a little bit more unique with how i've styled this room mentally and i'm not just um inserting a, a room that i already am familiar with from another story i'm being a little bit more unique with my characters and how i'm shaping the story but um the halloween music is playing can't remember exactly what it was but she had mentioned uh macy had mentioned also the the theme song for jaws as well um, and, and she notes about how the school really decorated for Halloween because Halloween was last week. And, um, apparently Grace's dad hated Halloween, but when she asked her or asked him why, he said, I'll tell you when you're older, which obviously he didn't because he died. Why does he hate Halloween? We still don't know. We still don't know why he hates Halloween. And even Macy was a bit confused because she said, oh, that's that's weird. Like, even she knew that it was weird that her dad didn't like it. Or or she she was like, oh, that's weird. Like, maybe she does know. And she's saying it's weird because she does know because she she goes, oh, that's weird. But then she's like, but look at this room. So maybe she does know why. Or maybe it's just the overall cheesiness of like Halloween vampires and little witches on broomsticks. And, you know, maybe it's just kind of uh, poking fun at their factions. And maybe that's why he doesn't like it. Or Or maybe he just hated the commercialization of it because he knew that the things that they were like 
making money out of were real people that he knew. Yeah, yeah, that it's it, it's it might be just one of those things where it's almost insulting that everything is cutesy and fun and commercialized. So who knows? Um, I hope that, you know, maybe somewhere in in court we get some reveal as to why he hated Halloween. That would be a really fun callback. I love when things are mentioned in a first book and then you read several more books and then that that little piece that you got in the first book finally gets explained way later after you've basically forgotten it. Um, but so Grace is at in the cafeteria, in the super bougie cafeteria with all the crazy wall murals and whatnot. And she's sitting with Macy and Macy has just brought her all kinds of food, like world's best cousin. Please bring me all the food and all the drinks and the coffee and the juice. Um, however, if somebody brought me a big platter, Amber, I don't know about you, but if someone brought me juice and tea and coffee, I would not be like, ooh, the cranberry juice is what I want. <laughs> Like no, give me give me the coffee any day. Yeah, I know that I'm supposed to go for the tea, but I bet that American tea is weird, or Pro Alaskan tea. Yeah, I mean, and I've got it under pretty good and authority. I don't, trust, don't trust this tea. Yeah, I've got it under pretty good authority that you probably shouldn't trust the tea at at Catmere Academy. Um, I love the the red juice note that you have on here. If you wanted to. <laughs> Yeah, um, so I said that she um, automatically just assumes that the juice is cranberry because it's red. Or she she even just automatically assumes that it's juice. And um, I just thought that, that, that it could lead to some shenanigans if the um, the blood bottles were, were transparent everywhere. She's like, ooh, cranberry. Mm. There's big giant tumblers full of delicious cranberry juice that are all on the table. But those aren't for you. Those aren't for you, Grace. Those are... Those are for someone like, else. Is this from Concentrate? <laughs> yes. That's why it's almost black. You can't even see mm. through it. Uh, um, more so no this, this, next, this next one I actually did some research on. The type um, of tea? Yeah, the tea. So when um, Macy mentions the fact that she's more of a tea drinker, Grace says, "Oh, you're you're like my mother. My my mother was a tea drinker. She was an amazing herbalist, um, and she loved her lemon thyme verbena tea, which I was like, what the hell is verbena? So um, I did a bit of research, and apparently, lemon verbena is uh, is prized for many health benefits. It's widely drunk as a digestive aid, making it the perfect cup for after dinner." The tea's mm. relaxant qualities means that it can be drunk to soothe stomach cramps and period pain. It's also for calming the mind as well as the body. And it's well known for relieving stress and nervousness. And it's also caffeine free. And uh, I, th I thought that was fascinating that not only did she just say, oh, yeah, she used to make her own blends of tea, but she also did a little bit of research and uh, made up this. This is what the tea that her mum made. But um, yeah, it'd been about a month since she's drank this tea and she's got this tea in her pocket and uh, well, not in a pocket, in her suitcase. And she just doesn't have the heart to drink it because that then removes its permanence. It's like if I drink it, I'm removing that one last thing of my mother that I still have. Um, And that's when I was like, OK, so it's been a month since she has stopped drinking her mother's special blend. Hmm. What's gonna happen? 
I wonder. Is it wearing off? I was gonna say if if she's so if she's been drinking this tea for years and years, and now she's gone a month. I mean, spoiler territory. But I, for those who haven't read this far, maybe maybe start thinking about about that tea. Start start thinking about surely she it. would have withdrawals as well surely tea withdrawals <laughs> she's british <laughs> well not even that it's like if you have something quite consistently for your your life and then all of a sudden you stop doing that thing you do get withdrawals and i was thinking like if it is actually a drug that her mother was actually drugging her for whatever reason they decided that she needed to be medicated surely she would also have withdrawals and she's been suffering from anxiety oh and it's a calming tea mhm mm suspicious suspicious i think that we're going to get something about that tea in court i really do i've i've thought that from the beginning i've i've always thought that we're going to get something with her mom um which for those who aren't aware, we do get a little bit of bonus content about Grace's parents in the Witch's Court uh, bonus chapters, which you have to actually get all three versions of Covet in order to own those bonus chapters, and they have to all be purchased at different bookstores. Target has Vampire Court uh I think Barnes and Noble has the the witch's court. It's a big pain in the butt. Um, so if you're interested in reading those and you don't want to go on a magical scavenger hunt or you don't have those stores in your country like like Amber doesn't to be able to get all of these bonus chapters, there is actually a Reddit where I was able to find them. So I would just type in Tracy Wolf Covet, witch's court, vampire coat court dragon court bonus chapters and then gargoyle court we will be getting in november because that's a bookish box exclusive for those who pre-ordered the bookish box super editions which i did um and i think that they're sold out now so i'll be sure to post some pictures when they arrive but anyway back back on, on I, was, I was gonna ask oh. as as a business expert what do you what, what are your thoughts on having a book launch like that where there are different chapters that are available for different stores. Um, I, I, I've never, I've never heard anybody do that before. I haven't either. Um, I have mixed opinions on it. Keeping in mind, guys, that I own multiple businesses and I'm also a business coach. For those who aren't aware, um, I like the idea of it, but at the same time, I don't because it reminds me of like buying dlc for a video game where you've already bought the book you shouldn't have <laughs> yeah. to you shouldn't have to buy more book like um and it makes it really hard to get a hold of it i think that bonus chapters should be available for digital download no matter where you live and that you shouldn't have to go buy three physical hardback copies of a book that you already have um i would love for her to release them all either in their own book like um you know like a small novella Little novella yeah or a novella that has all of the bonus chapters maybe and maybe we'll get that you know maybe that's something that's that's in the pipeline um but i do think that they should be more easily easy to get their get your hands on because though they are not essential to the story um i've read all of them it's not something that you have to have to be able to read the story but some of it's 
hella important. The part about Grace's parents and when Grace is a little girl in Witch's Court bonus chapter, I find that to be hella important. The um, Vampire Court one isn't as important. Uh, it's how um, Cyrus and Delilah meet, which, you know, that's cool. But the chapter before that is our bonus chapter with Hudson and Grace, where after um, one of the one of the little breakdowns takes place in Covet, there is a bonus chapter where Grace goes to Hudson's room um, and, and we get a little extra. If you're like super duper obsessed with reading all you can about Hudson and you need more, like that's an essential chapter to read. So, yeah, um, you guys can find those on Reddit, though, if if you need them, because I, I highly recommend it. They're not long. They'll only take you like 30 minutes to read all of them, but they're really good. Um, but anyway. OK, so there we're, we're sitting at the lunch table, super fancy lunch table, and Jackson appears out of nowhere like he so often does. And he flips his chair and sits on it backwards, which it's a wing back chair. Oof. So he's yes. He's got apparently he's got like the uh, the the joints and tendons of a god because you would have to really spread them thighs to be able to sit backwards on a wingback chair. <laughs> like, I don't know that that sounds painful to me. Um, but then we get our our line. I, I love that you noted it. Pop tarts aren't what I'm hungry for. <laughs> in hindsight yeah in hindsight no shit sherlock of course they're not but that's one hell of a line Mm-hmm. yep and everybody in the table can hear it as well he didn't even say it quietly or privately he says it in front of everybody and everybody kind of just snorts with laughter i know the vampires are all just like they're, they're just kind of like ebbing them on yeah, like I don't know about you, but when I hear like other other people flirting around me, I feel so uncomfortable. Oh yeah, um, and I'm just imagining like them like being really funny around Jackson, and then Macy's just sat there cringing. Like I wish the floor would just swallow me up. I just don't want to be here anymore. This is all so bad. Well, it's payback. It's payback for the welcome party where Grace is standing there with no friends all by herself and Macy introduces her to Cam and then Cam pulls Macy onto his lap and they just start like snogging. Yeah, they're like nuzzling. By the way, um, we just watched, uh, we just watched, um, oh crap, Half Half Blood Prince with Taylor for the first time taylor's my daughter and she is nine um and uh she had never heard the term snogging that's not a term that we (laughs) say here in fact i don't think that i'd heard it really no that's not something we say here i have but what do you say kissing smooching like making out we don't we don't say smooch ever smooching we know the word but no that's really like that's what your grandma gives you she gives you a smooch like no like yeah. a really wet kiss on your cheek. No, that's a smooch. No, a snog is with like is when a kiss becomes tongues. It sounds and... like something with a nose. I don't know. I, <laughs> it sounds like I, I. I don't. It sounds boogery. I don't like it. <laughs> did you did you not have the series Angus Thongs and Full Frontal Snogging where you were? No, I don't know oh what my that God. is. It's so bad, but so guilty pleasure. As a teenager, I read all of them. It was yeah the most british thing i've ever heard in my life (laughs) 
I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> um, I, I put in, I put in a line, <laughs> which I love because I, I don't know. Grace says, they're just like any other group of friends, except funnier and way, way hotter. Knowing he's got friends like this makes me like Jackson even more. And my Reverse thought- harem. Reverse harem. <laughs> I'm just like, man, if anything happened to Jackson, at least he's got all these hot friends. <laughs> Mecky would get it. Come on. Mecky oh, would get it. We got in trouble. Somebody said that apparently Tracy said it's not pronounced Mecky. It's pronounced like- Mackay. Mackay. It's like Mackay Pfeiffer. See, I always thought that, and then you called him Mecky, and I was like, maybe I'm just like I don't know any like I don't know enough black people that like, no with names like that. In, in the audio book, she pronounced it as Mecky, and that's why I started. And I'm like, well, if it's the audio, oh, I said if she pronounced it, it like this in the audio book, that has to be the correct way to pronounce blame it. Blame the narrator. Blame the narrator. And now it's going to be forever in my head. Like that is how I'm always <laughs> going to say it. I will never say it right now. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was like Mackay Pfeiffer. That's it. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be <laughs> wrong, and you guys can get mad at me and yell at me in the comments, but I will probably slip up every single time because, like, Mecky just sounds cool. Like, it's got. I'm thinking, like, I don't know. I, I, there's, there's also another name that you've pronounced weird this entire time, and I've just adopted it. What? It's actually Jackson. No, it's not. <laughs> you're like you're you're messing with me. It's not grace, it's grass. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just start pronouncing everybody's names wrong just to make people twinge. Just put the emphasis in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> it's messy. Messy. We've got um <laughs> Jackson getting the hornies as Grace drinks the cranberry juice. He's just staring at her drinking cranberry juice. It's like, so yeah, awkwardly. you drink it, drink it, drink it. Oh my goodness, yes, drink it. And I was like, like this is uncomfortable. What am I reading? I know. Is there is there is there innuendo here that I'm not getting it? Does it is it, it does it kind of look like blood? Therefore, it's. I think so. Is that is that the message that we're getting here? Is there something else going on? I don't know. I'm. Is it the fact that there are, that the whole order is just sitting there? Therefore, he has to stake that claim, because Mackie Mackay. Um, there there was that um part where he says that he'll walk Grace to her classroom and Jackson is like yeah I'm sure you will <laughs> like he's, yeah like that's gonna happen <laughs> he's he's not having it um and then Grace completely ignores it and is like that would be lovely <laughs> that would be me <laughs> that would she just completely just misses <laughs> the understanding between the two that yeah Mackay is not doing that yeah override override <laughs> um one thing I noticed was <laughs> Luca, there was a mention that he was dating a soul-sucking demon. And I'm like, was he actually <laughs> dating a soul-sucking demon? Like, maybe. Because the first read through, I was just like, oh, yeah, he was he was dating, you know, he was dating a, a bitch or something. And then I read it the second time and I was like, oh, maybe it was actually a soul-sucking demon. I also liked that um, he was... I think for the first time actually referred to as Hispanic and how he trilled his R's. So he, he said the R and 
I was like, genuinely didn't realize that he was Hispanic. <laughs> I'm giving the character so much more attention this read through. I mean, first read through, mm -hmm. I was just like, name, name, name. And now I'm honestly using, <laughs> I'm using Lulu Lucky's uh, art as like my baseline for what the characters look like because originally I didn't have a good like look for all of them. Um, in my head and i think that i i like her how she's made them all very i don't know they look like your emo kid click at the school and i actually like that look about them so that's that's what i've chosen to make them all look like i'm also reading through and looking at the characters and hearing like Raphael, and i'm like unimportant <laughs> yeah like we will hardly hear from you again yeah um so Grace goes to her first class, or she's heading to her first class. She thinks she needs to change, but then she get, bumps into Flint, and Flint tells her that there's an easier way. We can go through the tunnels. And this is where I first started getting, like, nervous, and it's mainly because of that that intuition that Grace has. Um, it did start making me feel a little bit spooky, especially when Flint got mad about Grace's joke with the, the silence of the lambs, because mm -hmm. it was very unflint-like of him. And even now, after having read Covet, it still just feels very unflint-like of him. Yeah, the whole the whole conversation in the tunnels as well. He wasn't reassuring her at any point. He was very much it, I I don't think he was trying to scare her as such, but I think that he wanted her to be so in the dark, so not knowing where they were going that she wouldn't even have an advantage against anything. Like it it he wasn't very friendly. It was very much like, "Oh, I'll walk you to class and then give you absolutely no indication of where we're going and that at every stage where everything looks absolutely terrifying, I'm not going to reassure you that like nothing's going to happen." Like he's talking he's talking to her as if like shackles and dungeons and scary bone things, like they're not scary apparently. He's just carrying on and I'm like, mm, "Something's iffy here." Yeah, it's it's really weird. It's almost like like I mean, I, I guess it could maybe be he's trying to get her to feel like reliant on him for every time she needs to go through these tunnels. Like if he doesn't explain anything, then she'll always need that guide. She'll always need him to punch in the the number but he wasn't on the being keypad. Very reassuring. He wasn't making her feel safe with him. It he just I don't know. Like if Jackson had taken her through the tunnel. For the first time, he he would have made sure she felt safe at every point. But Flint was almost trying, you know, like a friend who's like taking you through the haunted house, right? And, and they doesn't they and doesn't comfort you at any point. And they're like, "Come on, you big baby," and you're like, "No, I don't like it." And they're like, "Come on, it's nothing." Instead of just going like, "That's just a person in a mask," that's just a person under a blanket. <laughs> Maybe he, he didn't doesn't reassure her at all. Maybe he doesn't know how much he can say. I mean, because even with the bones and the the oh the art project. <laughs> Look at all these bones on the ceiling. Surely these are an art project. <laughs> um, he doesn't seem to understand what she's talking about then either. Like Leah actually comes to the rescue and kind like, of yeah, the art project. That. 
Yeah. Yeah, the whole scene under the tunnels was actually weird. And talking like in the spoiler section in a minute, I want to talk a bit about like what his actual aim was. Yeah. Um, which we will be getting to in just a second because I only have one more point for our non-spoilery topics. Um, the door had the door out of the tunnel. So the, the earthquake took place. They had to run and get out of the tunnels and get to the art room. Um, but the door to the art room, to the art closet, had dragons, wolves, witches, and a vampire on a snowboard. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm a little confused by this graffiti on the door. <laughs> Maybe the vampires think they're the coolest. I was going to say, maybe, I I mean, I'm thinking of it because she said graffiti. I'm thinking maybe it's like a tag, like, like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was a portrayal of when all the factions were getting on with each other and that they were together and fine. How come the wolves don't get to snowboard? Well, wolves have things that are cool. The witches have things that are cool. And dragons are cool. But vampires, they're a little bit mainstream. You know, you got to give them a skateboard so that they feel hip and young. <laughs> <laughs> they just have teeth, you know, which you know, they could have gingivitis for all we know. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. <gasps> okay. <laughs> um, so if you have not read through Covet, you might want to scoot out. You can always come back and listen later because we have many, many things to talk about in the spoiler. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, first of all, um, Grace starts what? to he hear the voice in the tunnel. Yeah. Like, is this, is this our, our unkillable beast? I don't know, because even reading it through the second time, knowing that she could hear the unkillable beast in her head it still felt like intuition you know that like get out get out get out get out get out get out i don't like this like it was like a conversation um and at that point i'm not even sure whether flint was doing anything particularly dangerous um he was just leading her through the tunnel so i don't think that the unkillable beast would have even known to warn her i don't know yeah. It's just so weird because she says that all those voices that she had in her head when she first got to Catmere Academy, that had to be the, like, she said that all those voices were the unkillable beast. But, you know, I almost think that Tracy didn't plan for that to be the unkillable beast. I think that she and they didn't capture them all when they were going through the edit. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that it was just one of those things where, like, she, she created that scenario. She left it open ended. And then when she wrote in the Unkillable Beast, she thought, okay, this actually will clear up this part too. I think that she that mm. she was tying the ends together, but it might not have been her initial like intention when she first wrote Crave. Yeah. Maybe she hadn't even thought about the Unkillable Beast yet anyway. Yeah. Because I mean there's a lot. Like she in in the few years it took her to write this series, she built a very large world for what the course of like two three years it's a lot for someone to do in that short a time and in the time frame as well like grace actually only really spends about a week <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> like it it was fast um so 
we get a little bit of attitude from Leah and Flint, and she almost slips again because she says that Flint's a total drag. So see, I even thought I didn't even think that that was a slip. I think that she was just saying he's a total drag. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a drag. <laughs> um, the confrontation between Leah and Flint on page two hundred and thirty-eight was really interesting um, because she says he's a total drag. Flint says, bite me. And then she says, you wish. And then he says, I wish you'd try. He returns her look with interest. What? I, I wish. Don't know. I wish I you'd don't try. I, I got that too as well. And I was like, I don't want like, what is going on here. Maybe it's like I almost like when when two guys are like facing off, like they're about to start fist fighting, and one of them's just like, I wish you would. I wish you would hit me. Like, maybe it was one of those, like, I wish you would start this war. Give me a reason. Give me a reason. Exactly. Yeah. Give me one good reason to kill you. Give me one good reason to snap. Like, give me one good reason to start a war over this. Maybe it was that, not like a like a sexy, like, ooh, I wish or you would. Or maybe it was, uh, like, he wanted Leah to be the first one to chuck Grace into that world. Because oh, it yeah. just be... It wouldn't just be a, like a human human bite. It would be a vampire against a dragon bite. And then if he got hurt, he would transform into a dragon. I think that's how it works. <laughs> dragon so- dragon biology. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I'm just thinking like maybe he really wanted an, an excuse to actually introduce Grace to the world. Um, and even in the tunnels, he's talking to her and he's like, have you really not guessed it yet? Like what you must have. And for the first time, she does admit to herself that she knows there's a reason why things are very weird. She just hasn't worked out the reason yet and that she's not naive. She just doesn't have all of the answers yet. And um, I really think that he actually really does want her to, to know. He wants her to be introduced to the world and he hasn't he hasn't really breached that boundary yet where he can cross it. And go, okay, I am actually a dragon, and Leah's a vampire. Right. Yeah. And, you know, maybe he'll get in, maybe it's a thing where he'll get in trouble. You know, it it might not even be like a you'll get in trouble with the school thing. It could be like a you you will get in trouble with your court because he is the prince of a court. Mm. And Jackson is the prince of a court. So it there could be like a whole thing attached to that. Um. I also noticed the earthquake happens, which is obviously yeah. Jackson. What? How did Jackson even know that Grace was with Flint? Because it's obviously he's getting he gets the earthquake when he's angry, and when he's feeling 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 thirsty. Um, what <laughs> what triggered that earthquake? So. She managed to send her schedule, her timetable, to him mm-hmm. just before they went further enough, further enough into the tunnels to like lose signal. Um, and I think did she lose signal? I don't know because he was messaging her, but she just wasn't responding because she was scared. She probably um, was gonna wait until yeah. she was out. And um, so he obviously knew that she had cl- like art class, and then he walked or faded or whatever he did to art class realizing that she wasn't going that way knowing that she'd gone into the tunnels but i don't necessarily know that that he would know that she was with flint he just knew she was not answering her phone 
And I don't know whether that was just a teenage boy, like, over, overacting, over, what's the word? Over, overreacting, not overacting, overreacting um, to the fact that she wasn't answering his text. So he didn't know where she was. He didn't know who she was with. So he was probably just panicking anyway. But my thought process is like, he probably was angry when Flint was there in the cupboard door because they come out into the art studio storeroom and he's just there waiting. And not only is he that she there with Flint, she's also there with Leah, like <laughs> both people who he is not keen on. Um, but what was Flint's plan? Like, we still didn't find out. Like with the tree, it was obvious he was pushing her out of the tree so that she would fall and die. What was his plan in the tunnels? I don't to shackle he... her, chain her up? What was it? I don't think was so. Was there even a plan? I don't think there was one. I think he was being sinister because he knew, like... Yeah, I I think that he knew that he was alone with her. And it's one of those, like, impending, like, you, you know what you have to do in the future type things. Um, You know, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. Um... It's that's so hard because I don't really think that he could have done anything. I mean, because the students, if anything, Jackson put her more in trouble than Flint was putting her in trouble. Like she was literally in a tunnel and he was creating an earthquake. Like he put her in more risk (laughs) than Flint was putting her in danger. Yeah, I don't think Jackson can control those earthquakes at all, though. I think that it's no. I mean, he does manage to get a grip on it very, very quickly. Like the last one is in his bedroom with like the glass shard and then he doesn't really he doesn't really have an uncontrollable one after that. No. Yeah, I I think that I I almost take it as like the um the stereotypical like Kyle drinking his monster energy drinks and punching the wall. Um <laughs> You you guys have Kyle's in in No, the- I didn't understand that reference and I just kind of shut up and just <laughs> went I'm assuming that everybody else would. No, you know how there's Karen's, right? You talk about Karen's. Well, Kyle is like the teenage boy who only drinks like energy drinks and gets mad and punches walls. You call <laughs> no. you call that teenage boy a Kyle. We don't have a name for them. Well, now you do. It's Kyle. Said, I think so. <laughs> It's, it's Kyle, the Kyle. Um, so I think that Jackson was, I think that it was a Kyle response. No offense to anybody named Kyle, mm. but I definitely think that it was a, a Kyle response where he's just getting like. He's just getting mad for no reason. He's mad because she's not replying. And maybe, you know what? Maybe somebody saw Flint and maybe one of the order saw Flint and Grace walking together towards the tunnels. I mean, there's no saying that someone didn't clue him in. The thing is, it was very, very fast between him messaging her and the earthquake and then coming out into the art studio. So it wasn't very much time elapsed between him realizing he didn't know where she was to oh she's in a cupboard in front of me like he didn't even give her an opportunity to have replied before he started panicking and it was just it just makes me think of like you know those stalker boyfriends oh yeah just they they are very suffocating and they won't leave you alone um and even if you have a chance to be independent even if you do actually put yourself in danger by being with someone who is not necessarily the most healthy person to be around they don't like you having 
any attention from anybody else anyway. And yeah, I I I got those vibes rather than Flint was a problem. It was just, how dare you walk my, my girl, who is not my girl yet, how dare you walk my girl to glasses? Because he did the same to Mekai. So I just like, "Mm, maybe that was what it was when I first read it. But second read, knowing what Flint was trying to do, I got even more confused because like, what was he trying to do? (laughs) Or was he not trying to do anything? Been there, bought that souvenir t-shirt. Um... Yeah, I don't think he was trying to do anything, and I do think that it was just one of those cases where Jackson, I mean, obviously it's it's a rivalry with or without Flint wanting to kill Grace, which, you know, I don't really think that Jackson has quite caught on to that. Like, I know that, I think he knows that there was something screwy going on with the snowball fight, but I don't think that he knows for sure that Flint was trying to kill her, because it wasn't Flint blowing the wind, right? I mean, it uh it was wasn't it someone else further down yes so it wasn't directly flint doing it flint was probably just choreographing it so and then also was not going to anything to save her yeah so it's more that like jackson knows that there's something going on but i don't think that he's fully suspicious that flint's trying to kill her because if he knew that it would be over like I think that he would immediately act on that and, you know, put a stop to it. But I don't think he has reason enough yet to do it. And maybe that's why he's being so protective is that he wants to make sure that he's keeping an eye on her because he knows that there's something going on, but he can't do anything about it because he doesn't have reason enough to do anything yet. It was interesting that he also was so offended with the idea of Mekai walking her to class. Like that wasn't just a... I feel like you're threatened and that your life is in danger and I want to protect you. Like that was also male bravado. No, you're not going anywhere near her. It's that whole trope of she's mine. She she must not be touched by another male. She is an unmated female kind of thing. <laughs> um, that is in every book ever that I've read and I'm secretly in love with the idea. Um, and... Um, yeah, it was just like, okay, so that happens. But actually, the relationship evolves very fast and Mekai is actually trusted a lot more around her and is actually used more of a protector than any of the other members of the Order, which was quite nice. Um, like seeing how he treated Mekai around her for the first time that he meets her to covert level where he's actually part of their gang and saves grace on multiple occasions by just being there when jackson's not available uh it was it was quite nice to know that mekai becomes more of a a figure yeah not just someone i mean if you've got like a group that you're that tight with like your faction that you lead you want to make sure that like you trust every single person in that faction and you know wouldn't assume that they're going to do something wrong it might just be one of those things where she's a human and Jackson's worried that one of the members of the order will get thirsty. I mean, it might not even be like a a fear of her, you know, of them trying anything. It might be just a fear that they'd hurt her just because there hasn't been a human at the school in ever. So that could also be a he doesn't want them to go Edward Cullen and get a whiff of her. (laughs) Um, Did you have anything else you wanted to add in the spoilers? portion before we move on to polls and fan questions 
I don't think I have anything in the spoilers. It's just there's a lot of. I think that this this section was a lot of almost telling or like almost an ending. It was it was very um, foreshadowing, and I quite liked it because I forgot just how how well Tracy puts them in. She like at no point was I suspicious of any of the things that mattered. It was always like, a, oh, I bet he's a dragon or I bet he's a vampire and things like that. Like the things that you could guess from the foreshadowing were so easy to guess that you didn't realize how the hard things to guess from the foreshadowing, how well they were just sprinkled in. Um, I she gave really you thing- her writing style growing as well. Yeah, she gave you things to fixate on and then you mm. you ignored the things that actually matters. Yeah. Yeah, and now even reading it through a second time, we're catching things. We're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and this is the book that, like, we are like bet- between between you and me and our and our listeners. Um, this is our least favorite book. Um, so I can't wait to read through Covet, knowing what I know now, um, in a more analytical way because it's our it's our favorite. You know, Crush is funny, but Covet is 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 life. Yeah. Um, honestly, though, I, I actually think that um, Covet has my favorite scenes, but I do still feel that Crush is probably my favorite. <laughs> the thing is, I'm going to read Crush again, and I'm just going to be so annoyed at Grace for taking so long. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Because come on, it's Hutters. Yeah, like quit bitching or getting mad at her. Getting mad at her when she's being mean to him when they like had all this time together. And I think it's gonna be worse when we read Charm. And then if we mm-hmm. went back and read Crush and we're like, ah, it's like hitting the reset stupid button. Stupid grace. I mean grass. Grass. Stupid grass. And 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 who who'd son. <laughs> all right um we have fan poll and a fan question this week uh amber you want to go ahead and read the fan poll while i pull it up so based on our introduction to the cat uniform um properly for the first time our question is do you know how to tie a tie Oh, what do you think? Do you know how to tie a tie, Starla? I used to. I was a little emo kid and I had, (laughs) I I was obsessed. Actually, before I was an emo kid, I was a little punk kid and I listened to a lot of Green Day. So I had to learn um, how to tie my little black and red plaid uh, checkered (laughs) tie i can't so, believe you wore a tie for fun <laughs> oh yeah and i didn't do i would i did it real loose so it would hang like avril lavigne remember how avril lavigne used to do like that her little... is how we rebelled and wore our ties at school. <laughs> <laughs> I, but i can't remember how to do it now my husband was in the military for six years and um he can he can tie a quispy tie but i can't remember yeah we would go real like fat with the tie but there was a there was a rule that um so on our tie there there was the emblem our school like logo was printed on it at some point on the tie and that logo had to be just below the knot but we would just make the knot lower and lower and lower on our body rather than <laughs> <laughs> so we would make like a huge loop and then the knot would be sort of like mid chest <laughs> rather than upper <laughs> our neck um 
yeah, it was funny to watch people try and be as close to the mark as possible for being kicked out. Testing the limits. Testing the limits. We also had um, massive issues with peanuts. <laughs> I don't know whether, but if you don't have ties at your school, then peanuts must not be a thing. Um, but if you peanut someone that is grabbing their tie and pulling it so hard that it becomes really tight around their neck and becomes like a, a knot knot, so you can't actually undo it. <laughs> I thought you literally um, meant like peanuts. Like, no. <laughs> like they're throwing peanuts at each other. No, so yeah, we had we had a massive problem with peanutting, like where people would just be like pulling each other's ties and making them as tight as possible around their necks. Like you would have essentially choking them. Um and uh yeah, it got really serious, which is why they had such a like strict dress code for the tie more than any of the other aspects of the uniform. You could kill them. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But people were saying, like, well, we went the other way. We've made it super safe by having the knot as far away from my neck as possible. <laughs> do a clip on. Just um, have a, do a clip yeah. on tie and have someone yank your clip on yeah. off. <laughs> well, um, they they introduced clip ons when uh, the purple house was introduced, um, and I think it was because of that reason that they realised that they had to offer a safer alternative because people were just kind of abusing the idea of having a tie. Uh, but there was also cases where like you would go to I still can't remember the name of the the shop class that you had, um, but like you would be how like using heavy machinery like pillar drills and bandsaws and things like that, and you weren't allowed to wear your tie there as well. Oh no! So like, this is just a safety hazard. Why are we wearing them? Yeah, I've I uh, I don't even think that our schools are like Catholic schools. I don't think they wear ties. Um, I think they just wear dress shirts but uh what percentage of our audience do you think knows how to tie a tie i'm gonna say the minority know how to tie a tie yeah 30 percent oh so close 33 percent know how to tie a tie and 67 percent do not and that uh equates out to 52 of our listeners as of right now, I'm sure it'll be more by the end of the night, but 52 know how to tie a tie and 105 do not. I'm not surprised. It's, it's something that if you don't, don't wear one to school, then there's no point you actually learning, especially if you're a girl. Um, like there's no real use for a tie at any point in your adult life either, except to teach other people how to wear a tie. So, um, like you're going to a funeral or a wedding and they have ties, they usually don't know how to tie them. And there's me just like, I do. And it feels very motherly of me when I'm doing it and really bizarre. But yeah. And it's weird to do it backwards. It's even harder because you've, you've taught yourself how to do it over a very lengthy amount of time, over eight years or so, how to tie a tie. And then all of a sudden you've got to do it backwards on somebody else. And then you look like a right tit. Well, now we have YouTube, too. And, you know, when when I was a teenager learning how to tie a tie for fun, I kind of had to figure that out on my own or find a Google. Like, I'd Google it and then I'd find, like, a badly done, like, wiki how <laughs> with drawings on how to do it, which is not the same as, yeah. as watching YouTube a video. YouTube fixes everything. Yes, YouTube does fix everything. God, you guys, 
YouTube. YouTube is the greatest thing ever. And when we were teenagers, we, you know, kids don't really go through the awkward stage anymore where they don't know like how to do makeup and they're throwing on like obscene amounts of lip gloss and drawing their eyeliner on super duper like sloppy like you have you have makeup (laughs) tutorials now we didn't have that we just had to we got a bunch of our mom's makeup and then we just like threw it at our face and hoped that it like (laughs) splattered in a good way all over us so Um, i use alexa for everything as well so like i ask her like math questions i ask her like uh, conversion rates like whenever we're talking about Marco Polo and I need to tell you like how hot it is or like <laughs> the dollar price of things um I use her to tell me what the weather is um and I ask her like questions all the time like um who wrote the song blah 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 or, like when did this come out uh, and things like can my dog eat this <laughs> I, I don't stop everything is alexable Oh, yeah, same. And guys, you may not know this, but you can ask your Alexa, you can ask your uh, Google Home, you can ask your Echo to play Crave the Book podcast. So if you're ever wanting to listen while you're cleaning the house or or just hanging out, you can ask them to play Crave the Book podcast episode, blah, 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 whatever episode you want. Episode eight. Yes, episode eight. You should watch some of the later episodes because episode one is our most watched. Um, watch some more episodes. We, we have more than one, but, um, all right. Let's, uh, move on to fan question. We got some great answers for this. I'm very excited. Do you want to read the question? Yes. So the fan question of the week is, would you have trusted and followed Flint into the tunnels? Would you have? Um, based on my previous experience of him, yes, I think I would. Same. Um, but I think that I probably would have been a bit more guarded than Grace would because I'm a very suspicious person. Um, I also know what I am capable of and what I'm not capable of, and I am not capable of um self-defense. So I would, <laughs> I would probably put my keys between my fingers or something because even if Flint wasn't the threat going down into a deep dark scape spooky tunnel where i've already had some issues with people trying to throw me outside and things like that i think that i would probably want to be a bit more protected than just have flint there because if i didn't know that he was a dragon i still wouldn't feel very protected by him so i think that i would probably arm myself a little better going into the tunnels and be very wary of anything that he was trying to do as well. Because just because he's shown that he's a nice person over the past three days doesn't mean that he is actually a nice person. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm good at talking my way out of situations and talking my way into situations. I am... I mean, I'm, I've, I do marketing. I teach marketing. And part of marketing is, I, I hate using the word manipulation, but that's literally what ma- marketing is. You're, you are taking somebody who doesn't want to do something and convincing them that they want to do it. And a lot of times, you know, I read, um, I read something the other day and it was like, no, 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 no. I, I'm not, I don't manipulate. I am an outcome engineer. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's like positive manipulation. Um, but with that being said, 
I feel that almost uh, every single negative thing that happens in any YA could be solved through communication and uh, just, you know, not acting out of emotions. I totally would have followed Flint into those tunnels. And the second that things started getting creepy, I would have stopped. I would have said, look, this is this is freaking me out. I have chronic anxiety. This is really triggering my anxiety. I need you to tell me exactly where we are going and what we are doing. No, no, no. Do not tell me that we are just that I'll see. I, th- that's not how my brain works. I need you to tell me what we're doing because I'm very, very nervous and I want to be able to trust you. But in order for me to trust you, I need you to be honest with me about what we're doing. I would also have my phone in my hand yeah. the entire time. Like I already know I've got Macy's number. I've got Jackson's number. I've probably got Uncle Finn's number. Um, like I know that we we do these every week, but PSA, um, if you're ever going somewhere where you don't feel comfortable, te- text a friend at least where you're going and who you're with. Um, not only for your own reassurance that they know where you are, but for their reassurance, because not knowing where somebody is for hours on time, like that it's not nice for anybody to go through. Yeah, absolutely. And then if anything were to happen, they would know who you were last with you. They would have, they would have a timestamp on it when you left where you were supposed to be. And yeah. So even if, even if it's a completely irrelevant information that you don't think that they need to know, just message a friend saying, Hey, I've just gone into the tunnels with Flint. I don't feel very safe. Um, could be nothing, but if I don't come out into the art studio, um, come find me or something like that like she's not only said where where she's gone who she's with but also where she's aiming to go because macy could have replied like no 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 the tunnels don't go there at all they're not even the same direction um but grace never even had the opportunity to to do that because she put her phone in her pocket um and phones are a huge safety thing that you now have at your disposal um so never put it in your pocket if you feel unsafe just just keep it out yeah even having even having it having it unlocked in your hand it can be enough to ward dialed yeah dialed as well like i don't know how many murder documentaries i've watched where the person's like they're feeling very afraid and unsure on what's going on but all they needed to have dialed was 911 and have it in their hand ready and waiting you can always cancel the call if you find out that it was nothing but they then have to press 911 when like things go really really bad and it's already too late yeah and here's just a, one additional little fun fact um i know it's this way within the within the US and i'm sure that it's this way within other countries as well um but if for any reason you are ever you know if you find yourself in a situation where you feel unsafe or you frequently find yourself in a situation where you feel unsafe or you are doing something where you feel like you might be unsafe and you do not have an active cell phone, you can get any phone. It does not have to be activated. It can be a piece of junk. It can be your old phone. It can be, you know, a friend's old junk phone that it does not need to be connected to a network. It doesn't need to be functional. If you have a what phone- about unlocked? No, it does not need to be unlocked either. If you have a phone, by default, all phones today must be able to call 911 whether or not they are connected, have service, or um, are are on like a plan, and you have to be able to do it without unlocking it. When I worked at a daycare, there was a drop-off point for battered women 
um, where if they were in abusive situations where their spouse would not allow them to have an active cell phone, they could go there and they could pick up old junked phones to keep hidden because they are untraceable, because they are not connected to any particular plan. And you could also donate phones. So that's a little fun fact. If you ever like, I recommend just taking an old junked phone and sticking it in your glove box if you have a car or sticking it in your purse. That way, if you are in that situation and someone says, give me your phone, you can give them your real phone and then you have a backup phone. Um, is it the same in the US where you can still reach emergency services no matter whether you have signal or not? Yes. Because um, there are some really remote places in America, especially comp- considering the difference between the US and the UK. The UK, there are definitely remote and rural places where there's not necessarily self-service, but they it does say emergency services only on yes. your screen. I uh, just wondered whether it was the same. Yeah, because that, I believe that goes through satellite rather than tower. Mm. And that's why that it can connect to more remote areas. Like if you're stuck in the mountains, they will they will prioritize that call. But um, yeah. All right. So um, answers for the question. One person said, I probably would make an excuse not to being alone with a guy that I don't know with no one around. Um Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. That's <laughs> every uh, mum in the world applauds you. <laughs> you you have probably very uh, proud proud parents um, because that is the answer that I would hope that most of you would say. Though you know, I think that there's a there is a thing where like Macy's kind of vouched for him, and Macy is the one person that Grace can trust, and Macy's really vouched for for Flint. So at the same time, if you did say yes, like I I get that too. Um, one person said, nope, too shady. Another one said, no, uh, he gave bad vibes back then, which, you know, back then, yeah. If we're talking about Flint and Covet, he's my favorite character in Covet, other than Hutters. Um, (laughs) most people say no because of freaky vibes. And then one person said no because it's freaky down there. If yeah, you, I don't think anything anything would really tempt me to go down into a creepy tunnel. Like, I even had the opportunity to... It wasn't the Paris catacombs, but I've definitely been to... I think it was Spain or Italy. It was. I think it was Italy in Rome. And I was I was asked whether I would be interested in going down and seeing the catacombs. And I, I am a murder mystery lover. I love true crime. I love creepy things. But there was something about going down there with somebody that I didn't really know that I, it was just a no from me. Going down there with my husband? Absolutely. That would be, I would love that. I would love to go and see creepy catacombs. Yes. But going down where the guide was speaking in complete fluent Italian, um, the entire family that I was staying with, I'd only really known them a week because they were a foreign exchange family. It was a no. Um, so yeah, as as cool as catacombs and tunnels could be. You have to be with the right people, I think. Yeah, if she would have been with Jackson or Macy, it probably would have been. I don't think she would have ever been able to say no to Jackson, even if she had felt a threat. She She's too attached. Yeah. Hudders, Hudders can walk me into, like, the Mariana Trench without <laughs> any oxygen, and I would follow him. <laughs> Amber's just, like, following him, like, yes, daddy. <laughs> Um, we had a couple funny answers and I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read them because they're probably not what you should have done, but they made me laugh. Um, 
one person said, maybe only if he forces me, it would be fun. <laughs> what? Like, hmm. I think that we're getting yeah. to, we're getting to know some of our our uh, our fans. <laughs> A little bit dark and twisty. I like it. <laughs> one person said yes because he's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, that could land you in big trouble. <laughs> like, oh well, at least he's got nice eyes. I'll follow him. Have you guys? Uh, have you happened to read Fifty Shades of Grey? I think you'd love it. <laughs> Red flags, you say? Ooh. Um. One person said, "Yeah," because he's a hot guy taking me into a tunnel. Meaning, uh, means he's making a move in my world. <laughs> um. Yes. Not when you're 17, though. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, one person said I would have not gone in the first place, no matter who was there. No. Some people, like, I, like, I think, especially if you've got, like, claustrophobia or anything about, like, being in, like, dark, small, cramped spaces, the tunnel is probably the idea of hell. Um, like, the thing is, being given the choice between running upstairs and getting more clothing on to be able to walk outside for like a five minute journey or tunnels. I'm going to be honest. I think I would probably run up to my bedroom and get my clothes on because it sounds less effort. (laughs) Yeah. You could just lie and say like, Oh, I got to pee anyway. I need to freshen up my makeup. I need to, my pits stink. I need to put on deodorant. Like I need to powder my nose. You can find reason to, to go upstairs. You know powder my nose in, in the US. You say that when you're going to go to the bathroom and do cocaine. <laughs> I, I did not. Did you? <laughs> but you know us, us Brits and our noses, we need a lot of powder to cover them. <laughs> That's going to be one of those things where Amber comes to the US and she announces at the dinner table that she's going to go do cocaine in the bathroom well i'm gonna i'm gonna do it deliberately now you should have told me <laughs> do it at grandma's I, like, house i think ignorance would have been funnier if oh I'd it said would it, have. and then everybody busts out laughing <laughs> and i would have been like i don't know what's funny <laughs> what's funny oh god yeah i mean i mean i'm sure that at one time there were i'll come back with literal talcum powder on my face <laughs> as well like come back like ready just for the joke to continue uh, just be like what <laughs> It start like rubbing my teeth. <laughs> oh God! Don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. Um, and then we had one last one. I mean, we had a lot of them. Most people said no. Most people said no. Too creepy. He was given bad vibes. A couple of our like kinkiest uh, members said yes, and then a few members said like yeah because he was he's been nice up until this point. He literally hasn't given me a reason not to trust him. But um, one person said I would have. He's been nice so far, even uh, if my gut told me differently. I think I would have to see, or I, wait, I think I would hope to see the good in people. Probably not a good idea, though, since it might get me killed. But yeah, I'm always like, <laughs> I do really try to look for the good in people. Often it has led to my own um, pain demise. and suffering. Yeah, my own demise. But I, I do try to see the good in people, especially when... I'm very much a, I will trust you until you give me reason not to. And this is the point where Flint's kind of starting to give Grace, like, you know, reason not to, because he's... The thing is, though, he got her to where she was supposed to be, and the thing that was scaring her were very easily explained away by Leah being there as well. So Leah has also been kind of exonerated 
against anything that was slightly suspicious beforehand. But the one thing that could actually cause something bad to happen was the earthquake, which she's already deemed as natural and not caused by anyone in specifically. So yeah, um, I think that he's still very trustworthy if you are a very naive person. Yeah. Um, which Grace is kind of currently still. Oh, yeah. I mean, what what YA main character isn't naive? Other than maybe like Feyre from Court of Thorns and Roses. I think that she's very intuitive. That's why that series was so such a breath of fresh air because I'm like, oh my God, a female protagonist who actually has an idea of what the hell is going on. <laughs> yeah, imagine if it was like told from the point of view of her sister. Oh God. Ugh. I mean, I mean, Court of Silver Flames is, or do you mean Elaine? No, the no, um, yeah, her other sister, Elaine, where yeah. she's very, very much, very <laughs> sweet, innocent, naive, doesn't want to believe anything bad could ever happen. Yeah. Like if if Ye was told from somebody's point of view like that, I think it would be really boring. They and they'd probably run at the first sight of trouble as well. <laughs> See ya. Like, I'm a vampire. Bye. Out of here. T- going back to uh to San Diego. See you guys. Yeah. All right, guys. This was a quicker episode, but next week will be our Halloween episode. <laughs> well, I'll be sure to download some Halloween sound effects um for that. But if you guys have any idea for fun stuff, you know, I, I can't remember exactly what we're going to be covering in the in the next few chapters. I can't remember what happens. Um, but if you're interested in giving us some feedback, if you want to give us some ideas for our Halloween episode, which will be airing. Oh, what day is that airing, Amber? What day is episode nine airing on the no, uh, no, October 27th? Um, feel free to drop us a message at Crave Series Aesthetic on instagram and maybe and we can tag incorpor- us in any like creepy cosplays we want to see oh we want to yeah. see them all yeah. i also think that mr moore needs to do like a creepy creepy intro at least a creepy intro oh like you know with like the organs and like the creepy haunted house noises i think that we should definitely do that what do you guys think you think my husband should you, for those who don't know the crave theme song that plays before and after the podcast my husband wrote that for us for the podcast, but maybe I can get him to add some some spooky sounds to it. We'll we'll spook up the even if it's like a at the end. <laughs> the dramatic if it's not copyrighted. The the Scooby Doo stereotypical fan of the Just opera. Like creaky creaky door sound. <laughs> a, a crow in the background. Caw, caw. <laughs> exactly. Like all those tropes just for one episode, I think. We could be easily doable. And then for the Christmas episode, we could just add a few bells. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need to make it Christmassy. Just some bells and some twinkling noises. And then, and then instead of the wolf howl for the spoilers, we can just have a caribou. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that that, what was that sound again? <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. That's lovely. It's actually a soundbite. That was not Amber's voice. Oh, wow. Wait, uh, insert soundbite here of a caribou. And if I can't find a caribou, we'll make it a duck. Duck? <laughs> Duck's not Christmassy. A turkey. A turkey. Insert turkey here. Do and we have one for Thanksgiving? We could put a turkey in <laughs> I think we are. I think I do have us down for a Thanksgiving episode. It's like a waka 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 waka. Yep. I, 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 I can't do it. 
Okay, time, time, time to hit stop recording because it's devolved into chaos. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks so much for listening and we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.